This is episode number 156 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Hey, welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Standard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing a successful business. This week, I'm going to cover a topic in which I'm kind of ashamed to say that I actually almost missed the boat on. Uh, One of our clients uh, a while back asked us to create a breakout session about owning your job. And I have to admit, I was a little kind of taken back because I wasn't sure exactly what he was looking for. But after about 10 minutes of research, I kind of realized that This is actually a phrase that it's just an easy way to describe a lot of the tips that I covered a few weeks back about how to build wealth and the three-part series that I did on how to build wealth. So basically, the phrase describes making yourself more valuable to either your company or your clients so that you improve your job security. So today, and then continuing on next week's episode, I'm going to cover what owning your job actually means and also what you can do to advance your career and increase your income and have more fun at work. And by the way, if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd like to ask a favor of you. Would you mind leaving me a review on your podcast app? The podcast content is absolutely free and positive reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, those kind of things really help help us and help keep the show free. It only takes a couple of seconds to to do that. And we really, really appreciate the, the feedback. So enjoy the episode on how and why you should build ownership in your job. So for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to delve into a topic that I think might be kind of fun and also might be really helpful to folks, especially if you're just kind of starting out in your career or if you've kind of hit a plateau in your career. Uh, The title is called Owning Your Job. And basically, there's a differentiation that we want to make because an employee who kind of shows up to keep their job they're, they're basically showing up to work, whereas the person who excels at their job is the person who kind of takes ownership of, of that work. So what does that really mean? What does take ownership mean? Because I got to admit, the first time that I heard somebody use that phrase, I wasn't sure exactly what they were talking about. Uh, but uh, as I've kind of come to understand the the terminology, uh, it, it's it, this is one of those things that if you focus in this area, you can make yourself very, very valuable to your your company if you are an employee of a company or to your clients if you are if you're a business owner and that kind of thing. So basically it means developing your ownership mindset and because that's going to help you kind of reach your career goals and then excel really beyond those goals pretty pretty quickly. The good news is, is that We've compiled five really, really simple things that you can do to kind of develop that sense of ownership in your job. So let me kind of quickly go through them. I'll kind of go through the the entire list. We'll cover two of them on today's session and cover the remaining three next week. So the first thing that you want to do is take initiative in your job. That's going to help you increase productivity and create opportunities for career advancement. The second thing that we'll cover today is anticipating problems before these problems arise, because then you can proactively support your team and and the organization that you work for. So step three is to establish clear goals for yourself and regularly assess that the progress that you're making toward those goals. goals, That's going to help you improve the performance in in, in a whole lot less time. 
Uh, the f- number four is to communicate effectively. That's going to help you improve collaboration and teamwork. And then finally, take advantage of training and continuing continuing education programs because that's going to help you grow in your role. So let the let's kind of start with step number one, and we'll talk about as we kind of go through each one of these steps. I'll I'll let you know exactly why we think this is a really important step, and then also what the benefit to you is of doing this or to th- of thinking differently in your in your job or in your role working with your clients and customers that kind of thing. So step number 1 take initiative in your job it's going to help you increase productivity create opportunities for career advancement. When it when it comes to getting ahead I mean really you are the only one who can get there right you you have the opportunity to clear your own path but you also have to take the initiative to clear that path on your own nobody's going to do it for you so while taking this initiative it, it, it in a new role may seem like a risk consider that doing the opposite is even more risky if you if you don't take any initiative then you're allowing others to shape your path for you a good quote is by Grant Cardone. He said, never take the position that things just happen to you. <laughs> Rather, they happen because of something you did or did not do. So if you keep that in mind, it it really helps you kind of create a better mindset of what we do at work. So it's not your boss that's causing problems for you. It's not your coworkers. It's not that somebody put a, a, a deadline that's too short. It's basically whatever those things are that's going around, especially if they're negative, there's a good chance that you can do things on your own if you take the initiative to turn those things around and make them more positive. I'll give you a really good example. So if you look at Mary Barra, she she was she is the current CEO of General Motors, but and she by the way, she was the first woman to lead one of the U.S. biggest automakers. And she's a great example of somebody who kind of took ownership for her career. Because at the age of 18, she joined the company and studied at General Motors Institute. I mean, her initial role was just simply to inspect hoods and fenders, you know, fairly simple kind of process or, or a thing that that uh, that especially in the skilled labor role, that was about as unskilled of skilled labor that you can kind of get to. But what she did, though, was she, the money that she earned in that role, she put towards covering the cost of her continuing education. So as her experience and understanding of, of the car industry grew, she was naturally given more responsibility. At first, you know, she was earning positions in engineering and administration, and then eventually she turned into it. The, the role turned into a managerial position of the Detroit assembly plant. And in 2008, she worked her way up, all the way up to becoming vice president of global manufacturing and engineering. And a year later, she became VP of, of human resources and held that position for two years. After that, she became the VP of global product development. And finally, in 2014, she took over as CEO. So, I mean, if you think about it, 15 years or so was what it kind of took her to go from inspecting fenders to become the CEO of a big major company that didn't happen by accident. It wasn't just because she did what she was so, was told to do, right? It's a classic tale of starting at the bottom and working your way up into a position of leadership. So we've identified five simple things that Mary did to help her kind of create their, or tap into that initiative. These are five things that you can do as well. The first one is be proactive. 
So don't wait for somebody to tell you what to do. <laughs> Identify what needs to be done and then just start doing it. Little things can be addressed right away, but the larger task, you know, you're going to take a little bit more planning. The, create, creating that plan for those larger tasks is like a, it's a really, really big step in taking ownership of your job. The second thing that you can do is take on additional responsibilities. Don't shy away from developing that sense of responsibility. Your, as your role expands, new opportunities are going to are going to emerge. Take them on without fear. That's ultimately going to help you build that, that sense of ownership in your job. Number three is you want to look for ways to improve processes. This is one of the most important things. This is what I look for when I'm wanting to promote people from within my organization. You look for ways to look at the processes that we're already doing and ways that you can actually improve them. Right. It shows that you're looking at the big picture. It's it's if you only ever see yourself as a cog in the machine, you're never going to be able to steer that machine for yourself. Analyzing the big picture and identifying areas of improvement is a, is key in taking on this ownership of, of your role. Number four is to develop a growth mindset. The fixed mindset said, says that things have to stay the way that they are. The growth mindset, though, on the other hand, means that you take challenges as opportunities to, to change and to develop. Accepting the growth mindset will help actually help you prove that you can overcome and adapt when new challenges pop in and show up and then just roll with them. The last one, number five, is you want to expand your network. Networking is a way to kind of open yourself up to new opportunities for growth. You, you help others with your, with your expertise, and then you also help, and they help you with your expertise. So make it a habit to expand your network, to expand it to other coworkers or other professionals in 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 your industry or even outside of your industry, or even your family and friends can help you expand your network as well. I mean. Who you know makes all the difference in finding the perfect opportunities to help you advance your career. So step one, you have to take the initiative. Don't wait for things to happen to you. Go out and make them happen. So step number two in owning your job is to anticipate problems before they actually arise. And then you can help your team proactively solve these problems. And basically, you're seen as the hero along the way. So you don't want to be reactive. Reactive people wait for problems to occur. Unfortunately, that means that the problem will actually have to have occurred in order for that person who's proactive or reactive to become the hero. Proactive leaders, though, on the other hand, they think totally differently. They use their experience and resources to anticipate challenges before those challenges actually occur. Our failures can actually be our greatest learning opportunities. Think about the last time that you used the memory of a prior failure to help you prepare for a better outcome. For instance, maybe this year you're starting to do your taxes much earlier than what you did last year because last year you were under the gun and caused a bunch of problems. Or maybe over the over the years you've learned to get maintenance on your car at the first sign of trouble because you let that go for too long on a prior car and it caused big problems. Those kind of things are learning experiences. They keep us from making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And that's what you want to kind of put into your career as well. 
we make all sorts of preparations in our lives uh, to to prevent us from repeating mistakes. Likewise, that the same type of thing can be done in the workplace. Give an example, like Pierre Wack was a French businessman who developed an entire business concept around this, and he called it scenario planning. He worked for the uh, Royal Dutch Shell Company. It's now Shell, uh, but in the in the 1970s, and he helped the company navigate a, a huge oil crisis back then. Rather than trying to predict a single outcome, his approach of scenario planning was to to come up with multiple plausible futures. What could happen? Two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, 10 years from now, with a range of possible outcomes in mind. And you can come up with much, if you do that, by the way, you can come up with a much more effective strategy than just dealing with a problem when it kind of pops up. So being reactive instead of proactive is one issue. It's another to neglect a potential issue entirely. (laughs) So if you recognize that potential issue, is start has it could pop up anyway, but then you think eh, it's not my problem to deal with, then you're doing a disservice to yourself and you're really working against your company's best interests. So don't wait for somebody else to find the problem. The fact is that your your unique perspective might be the one that picks up on that issue first and then helps you come up, helps you and your team come up with a solution. So basically, how do you anticipate problems and save teams from the disaster? You got to understand your team's workflow. Without a clear understanding of your team's workflow, you're not going to be able to spot inefficiencies and bottlenecks. And even if you know the workflow, even if you're forward and back, you know it inside and out, sometimes you got to take the time to reach out to the team members involved to identify pain points in the issue, especially if you're in a supervisor, manager, leader. If you kind of go up and say, hey, out of all the stuff that you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, well, that's the biggest pain. What's the biggest pain in your ear? A lot of times they'll tell you, you know, and, and when they do, that might be one of those potential bottlenecks or risks. Um, the second thing is identify that once you identify what that risk is, uh, you you want to cover any issues that arise from that risk. So make sure that you're you're looking in the right place, checking with your the, the the seniors within the company to find out what past challenges were and how or if they were able to resolve them back then. So when new projects come in, take the reins and identify those those possible risks. The next thing that you want to do is develop contingency plans. So after identifying what those risks are, make up some contingency plans. What happens if this happens? What happens, what happens if this happens? What happens if all of this stuff goes to hell in a handbasket? Then what do we do, right? Those contingency plans are are critical to having a, a plan or some type of action when things start to, to go bad. So make sure that everyone on the team knows the plan and that you're update, they're updated regularly. And then Foster open communication. We're going to cover this next week as well, but you want to encourage open communication with your in your team to ensure that everybody feels that they're allowed to share that information. If there are fears about honest communication, then you may be missing out on valuable information that can help you anticipate future problems. And then the last one is you want to stay up to date, keeping up with latest industry industry trends and news that can help you develop an extreme sense of accountability. Likewise, Networking with those in similar roles outside of your organization can uncover common pitfalls in your industry. So it goes back to to step through. So just as a recap, step one was to take initiative. Step two 
is to anticipate problems before they happen so that you have a plan to deal with those problems. And then next week, I'm going to cover the, the next three things. That number three, which is to establish those clear goals and help. And, and not only do you want to establish the goals, but make sure that you're moving toward those goals. You want to assess your, your movement along the, the lines of those the, the goals that you've kind of set for yourself and make sure they're in line with the team. Uh, we're also going to talk about step number four, which is to communicate effectively. So take what we just covered and and kind of go into a whole new level of that, because no matter how good we've done step one, two, and three, if we're not communicating effectively, it, it it's going to create challenges for us. And then the last one is one that people don't necessarily kind of think of in the area of taking ownership of your job. It's but to continue advancing your education. Continuing education is critical to helping you do each of those other four things. And we're going to cover all three of those things next week. So we'll see you then. 